Welcome everybody to the Hashira Half Hour. Uh, it's today's host, Brian. I am currently sitting here in 86 degrees, land of Demon Slayer. So <laughs> I'm joined by Emily, of course. Hi everyone, I'm Emily. Um, I'm the one that constantly inflicts self-torture with the characters that I choose to love, and I'm happy to be here today. <laughs> and of course we have Hannah. <laughs> Hi everyone, I'm Hannah and I'm currently being stared down by my demon cat Nezuko who is mad at me for locking her outside of the room. <laughs> I'm fearing for my life, but we're okay. Oh, okay. I'll send the Hashira your way, don't worry. Thank we'll you. be there in two to three business days. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. All right. Well, I'm glad that y'all are joining us this week. Uh, this week's episodes, we're going to be going over episode two of Demon Slayer and how the theme of perseverance is prevalent throughout the episode. This is where we meet Rokodaki, and Tanjiro has his first real demon encounter. So first time he actually sees that demon in person, temple demon. What did you guys think of this episode with regards to perseverance? So where do you guys feel? How do you guys relate? Can um, I open up? Yeah, I I would... I would say that first of all, and again, I will say I'm sorry. I love Tanjiro with my heart and soul. I'm going to bring him up a lot, but Tanjiro could be the poster child of perseverance. Um, he doesn't have things come to him easily. He has to scratch and claw his way through life. And we really kind of see that come to play in this first, in the second episode, really. You know, the first one, we saw it a little bit with him going through the locks and continuing on with his life to protect Nezuko. But then we start to see his training arc in this episode. and let me just tell y'all, if I was in his shoes going down that mountain at the end, I would have given up halfway through and probably died. <laughs> but he was so, he had so much perseverance to get down that mountain so that he could become a slayer, protect his sister. And oh my goodness, like we all could be like him. Everyone should be like Tandra. Okay, not everyone, but. <laughs> yeah, well, nicely firm people out there yeah literally <laughs> exactly i'm really glad you brought up the the trap that was one of my notes when i was looking at this episode three seconds in to him running down the mountain already hit the trap i literally would have been uh Rukunaki, you take care of nice go I'm, I'm stuck i'm stuck <laughs> I, I was just gonna say it's like it's woven into his character like so irreversibly like and it's from the beginning of the episode the very beginning is where he finally is like you know what I, I need something to like help get my sister around here because like she can't be exposed to sunlight can I buy this like nasty old box and like some straw or like a sheet or something from you the guy's like yeah no you can just have it like that's fine he's like no I insist I need to pay the guy's like no you can you can just have it he's like I insist <laughs> It's like the perseverance is there even from like that simple moment that he has with this guy at the beginning. And then it's like, okay, um, you know, we're going to engage in this fight with this like random forest demon. It's like kind of fortunately a weaker link, but um, it's, it's like, okay, I know that I need to do something here. He doesn't give up trying to fight it, even if it's like not very skillfully yet at this point in his character arc, the Rokodaki comes in and is like, follow me. He goes on like a 10,000 mile trek to this guy's house, persevered there. He's like, finally, we're here. He's like, okay, don't, don't get too comfortable. We're going up the mountain now. <laughs> He's like, ah, <laughs> but, but he does it. He does and then it. he perseveres 
all the way back down. He has that moment like this is going to be easy. Oh, snap. Here we go again. <laughs> like, like here are all these traps set for me, but I'm still not giving up. Like, we're still going to make it all the way down the mountain. And I made it back to you before daybreak. Mm-hmm. What's up? He literally <laughs> walked in the door and was like, I'm here. And, then- and like, collapsed. <laughs> I'm glad that you also kind of talked about, even though after he like kind of how you mentioned he still struggled getting down the mountain even after he figured out he could find the traps like he got hit with bamboo and literally just got yeeted from one side of the forest to the next and that was literally okay first off kind of hilarious for like slapstick humor but also i was like no like don't give up bud and he didn't so i feel like that was a really cool moment you brought up um Mm -hmm. what else did you guys kind of think of for character wise really when Tanjiro was debating on how to get through to that demon and so we are with uh, Urokodaki, Nezuko is inside and he's waiting to try and kill the demon. He realized that Axe is not going to feel. How are you guys feeling about Tanjiro's contemplation to kill the demon and what to do there? How do you feel that relates to his empathy and kindness? Well, he really is trying to figure out a way to kill him quickly. And he's he's able to already balance that empathy along with the knowledge that this guy needs to be killed, you know, that he's going to harm more humans. He just doesn't want him to suffer. And we see that come up more as the show progresses. But I thought that it was just really telling to his character that he's got that empathy. But he it it's almost like a, how's the word? it's a ruthless empathy. Like he is going to do his job. He is going to slay demons and he is doing this even before he's a demon slayer. He knows he needs to put this guy down. He just doesn't want to make him suffer. And it just, he's got that like balance inside his heart that he's got to get the job done, but he doesn't want demons to suffer. He, he knows that they can feel this pain. So how is the way that I can do it faster? That's really what he was trying to figure out. Not, I can't kill him. Oh, I can't, I just can't kill him. It was a, I don't want him to suffer. And how could you not have that empathy if your sister is a demon and you're traveling Mm -hmm. with her? It's like, yes, like this, this is a monster that I'm seeing in front of my eyes, but this was a person at some point in time. So I think that that empathy is part of what helps drive him forward in his hero's journey that we talked about a little bit in the last episode and and his perseverance. I think that he's able to persevere because he has so much empathy for the world around him. Mm -hmm. I'm really glad you actually brought up the fact that um, he kind of relates to this demon because of Nezuko also being a demon. That's actually something that I never connected the dots on before. Like in that moment, that's what he's seeing too as well from, you know, how his sister could be in the situation with how people have treated demons so far. So that's a really interesting point to bring up. Um, kind of after that, of course, like you see Tandro kind of quite literally get slapped in the face with both the possible consequences of Nezuko just existing and catching Orokodaki's hands real hard. Um, how do we feel about Orokodaki's approach into inspiring Tandro's perseverance and kind of what cultivates or what feelings he cultivates in Tandro there? What do you guys think of him just trying to like bluntly wake him up to this reality of having a demon on your side. 
I mean, I don't think it's anything that Tanjiro doesn't know necessarily, but it, if you're going to train somebody and, you know, knowing knowing what we might know about Orokodaki a few episodes down the line and like what he's been through as an instructor as well, um, he's not going to take on like just any student. So he needs to be upfront. He's like, I need to see like your skill level. I need to see you be able to make a decision quickly. And like, yes, you have this empathy that's going to drive you forward, but it also could break you and it could destroy you. And like, this is the reality of what you're dealing with. Like, this is your sister. If she ever consumes anybody that's innocent, like you're going to need to answer for the sins that she's committed. And like, is that a reality that you're okay with? If so, then maybe we can begin to talk. But I don't know that there's another way to really approach a conversation like that. I think it has to be direct. It has to be upfront because there are a lot of lives on the line. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's important to also remember that all of these demon slayers that have been demon slayers for a while or are retired demon slayers, they've never seen anything like this. So they don't even fully understand where Tanjiro is coming from. And I think that comes like, that's what's going through his head when he's being so blunt with Tanjiro is he like, I feel like he's still trying to accept that this can actually be a thing. We don't really see Uro Adaki. I said his name wrong. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Um, We don't really see him (laughs) show like kindness towards Tanjiro until he starts to really realize that Nezuko is not harming anyone because he probably just doesn't really believe it yet. Um, and we also see him say that, like, he, he's thinking to himself that Tandra was too nice because there's still that scent of kindness when he's facing that demon. So, like, we see it, we see it happen. Demon Slayers think that there just should be no empathy towards these demons. So why are you showing empathy towards demons? They're the bad guy. But Tandra is, like, pushing that envelope already. So it kind of just causes this dynamic of like, you got to be more, just just do it. That's the world. It's a cruel world that we live in. But Tandro's like, no, like, I think this person was actually a person before they became a demon. And that's starting to come into play for him. And I really like how you kind of talked about Tandro having a completely different sense on their view of demons, right? Because he was introduced to demons through obviously his entire family being slaughtered, but then also to realizing his sister being a demon. I feel like when you brought that up, um, I feel like when he finally met up with Giyu, I feel like that was his first kind of moment where he was able to change someone's opinion and change someone's mind. And I think that's really reflected in Giyu's letter to Urokodak. So yeah, Emily, I'm really glad that you brought up that point with um, Tanjiro being able to view demons in a different sense because of his empathy, right? And because Nezuko is a demon, so he's looking at this demon caught to a tree who's kind of in between death and like, how do I, how would my sister be in this situation, right? And I think um, because of his own empathy, uh, he was really able to change Giyu's mind on what demons could be. And I think in the first episode, we see him change someone's mind. But again, we see it in the second episode when he finally does make it back down the mountain. And he decides that, hey, I can make this reality true. And I can make demons, uh, you know, maybe I can make this existence work for a demon, right? And so how do you guys feel about kind of Tanjiro as this main character who's able to change people's minds? What does that give you guys for feelings? Where do you relate? Well, I think it's one of the reasons why I love him so much is that, like, he just has this view of the world so different than so many people, you know? And 
so many of those people that we're meeting along the way have messed up backstories and have known grief at the hands of demons. And most of them just see nothing but hate towards demons. But Tandro, even though he, he's been there and it's fresh for him at this point in the show, he still is able to, you know, discern the fact that they were once human. And I, I think it's because of Nezuko, you know, truly. And because of his kindness, because of his empathy, we start to see throughout the show, these characters kind of, they change their views a little bit. I don't think anyone ever gets quite as empathetic as Tanjiro does, but they start to see like what he sees and he's never preaching towards them. It's just who he is. And it just kind of brushes off on the people around him and they start to be kinder towards other people, maybe not demons because demons are still bad. <laughs> um, but it, it definitely is something that we see throughout the show. Nice. I like if it. that I answers like your it. question. <laughs> it does. Yeah. Cause it talks about like Tanjiro as a main character, right? He has this almost uh, pure soul that once mm -hmm. like you're touched by that pure soul, you are forever changed. Right. Yeah. So I like that. Emily, what do you feel? Yeah, I mean, just trying to think how to like best articulate this, but Giyu doesn't strike me as somebody who is very um, easily changed or like doesn't have his opinion very easily changed. Mm -hmm. And Orokodaki, even less. Um, you know, like without getting too far into the future episodes that we're going to watch, like we can, I think, at least infer from what we've seen that like this is somebody who has probably instructed other people. It seems pretty likely from the letter that he received that this was even Giyu's instructor. Um, but it also gives us the impression that, like, he's not really taking on any more new pupils, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Why would that be? It, it's a path filled with loss and grief, and it requires somebody who is able to make those quick decisions. And that's kind of where, you know, he has that moment, like, can I even can I even train this kid, even if I wanted to, which I'm not sure about in the first place. Um, because initially, like, Tanjiro was not able to make that decision in a quick enough fashion for Urokodaki. He gives him that second chance. We go through, like, the mountain chase scene, and he does end up accepting him as his pupil in the end. And I think that, like, his heart is moved a little bit also, mm -hmm. like, by that empathy that he has for his sister um, and his belief, like, in his former pupils as well. So I think that... Tanjiro's empathy does wonders for him and helps to drive his story forward and help even the most hard-hearted people to accept him as well. I love that. That's really awesome. I feel like that really hits the heart of Tanjiro totally. All right. Solid. I like it. So at this point is where we bring up our favorite moment of the episode, right? So we each get to break down um, a moment that struck our heart, um, a moment that maybe stuck with us. So I'll go ahead and start. The moment that stuck me the most is Tanjiro headbutting that temple demon, right? That headbutt scene. Um, I feel like it's very Tanjiro-esque of him, right? He's so hard-headed, and we kind of brought up before, right, he forced that man to take his money to the basket. Like, there was no way that man was leaving without payment. Um, it just gives me, like, such, like, I'm going to keep going. Like, things will be okay, and they're going to be my way. And I really like that he kind of takes control like, this is all I can do to ward you off right now. This is what I'm going to do. So it just really drives home to his true character of striving forward and trying to make things better for himself. 
So mm -hmm. what about you, Emily? Oh, uh, so my favorite moment is one that we actually haven't really touched on a whole lot yet. The moment that I want to talk about has to do with Nezuko and her drive and power in this episode. Um, we haven't really talked about her a lot yet, but the theme, of course, is perseverance. Uh, Tanjiro, of course, has to persevere, but so does Nezuko. She's been through quite a bit at this point as well. Um, not only has she also lost all of her family, but she's lost her autonomy as a human being and an individual. She's like very reliant on her sibling to be able to assist her. She can't even be outside in the middle of the day without, mm -hmm. you know, somebody helping to care for her. Um, and she's like really under his wing. So this is one of the first times we're able to see her make a really distinct decision. I think we've seen it maybe one other time, although not totally sure whether that was more of a primal instinct or not in episode one to defend yeah. her brother, um, whether that came from somewhere deep within or it was a conscious decision that she made. I think that in this episode, it is a clearly conscious decision that kicks into play when Tanjiro is fighting the first demon that they encounter in the cabin. Um, she is initially like kind of drawn in by that more primal instinct. She's like, she's starving. She's realizing that she hasn't had anything to eat. Um, demons subsist on human flesh and blood. And there's like a pile of slaughtered bodies in this house, just kind of waiting. And she's like distracted by this while Tanjiro is fighting in the background. She hears him cry out and that kind of like re-engages a conscious de decision, I think, on her behalf to go help kick some demon butt. <laughs> so um, it's really cool that she's able to kind of like regain a little bit of her own autonomy in that moment. It's a mm -hmm. moment that I love. And then the flashback that Tanjiro has a bit later on, um, you know, just realizing that Nezuko's never really um, had that autonomy in the way that he would have liked for her to have because they just were focused on survival. They were mm -hmm. a family that was living kind of in an impoverished state. He reflects on her like mending her kimono. He's like that old thing, like you've done this a million times. And she's like, no, like it's okay. I like this one and I want our siblings to have more to eat anyway. I don't need that right now. And his promise to her that he's going to like get her that more beautiful one because she deserves it. And they just have to survive and get through so that he can fulfill that promise that he has to her. I think those are my, I guess those are two moments, but those are my favorite <laughs> moments. I think yeah. those are really awesome. Um, when you said kick, quite literally, she literally came in and punted that demon's <laughs> head right off. So Right off. When you say kick, but we mean it. I love that. Shout out to Tantro's voice actor in that moment, too. His surprise, like, gasp is freaking hilarious and has me cackling every single time. It is hilarious. It's such, like, a high-stakes moment and, like, so intense because you're like, oh my gosh, it's our first demon. And his just, like, genuine, like, what? <laughs> but, like, oh, it, every time. He's like, that thing flew off. <laughs> He's like, right? you go? He's like, girl, you did this? <laughs> like... And then not only after that, but we've kind of talked about how, you know, Tandra has been turned upside down in this new reality of having demons. And now he sees a demon can live without its head. So again, mm -hmm. he's just like kind of turned for the wind again, man. Yeah. He's really getting thrown around out there. What about you, Hannah? What do you feel? Yeah, well, it's actually funny that Emily mentioned Nezuko's moment of perseverance because I actually had that written down as well. Just her ability to persevere through the hunger. And, <laughs> you know, you could see that she was literally drooling and thinking about getting that nutrition that 
at this time we feel that she needs. Um, but she already knew that like it was important that she didn't do it. This is before she gets hypnotized. Again, I guess foreshadow alert for a future episode. Um, but it's it, it just shows that her human side is already coming through, that she truly is making that active decision. And then also when she hears Tanjiro, you know, cry out for help, essentially, you know, she can instantly just, she's like, okay, that's my cue and kicked off the demon's head. Um, but my personal favorite moment was also Emily kind of touched on this. <laughs> it's, it's funny because it's like, we, we have similar tapes, I think, but um, when yeah. Tanjiro has that flashback, we see that Nezuko is honestly just as kind and selfless as Tanjiro is. You know, it seems like they, the two of them truly are like the older siblings that want nothing more than to protect their little siblings at the time. Um, and then we get Tanjiro just have, making that promise of, I promise that I'm going to buy you that kimono. I promise I'm going to do all the things that I couldn't do before. You kind of get this sense that he has guilt that, you know, he's really starting to struggle with the guilt of not being there to protect his family when they were all slaughtered. Um, but also just see that he's choosing to move past that and give all of that love and protection to his surviving sister. And I think it's just a really powerful moment that is almost forgotten in the sense of, you know, he's also running and feeling probably like he's dying. I know I wouldn't be able to run that far that fast. Uh, I can barely do five minutes on the treadmill and I'm not exactly not in shape. So it's kind of weird. <laughs> um, I go to the gym every day and I still can barely run for five, miles, for five minutes. But that's, again, another story for another time. Uh, but just like, even though he is feeling so exhausted and he doesn't want to keep running and he's confused why he can't hear his footsteps. Like there's always going on in his head, but he still is able to coherently make this promise that he is going to give her everything that he can do, like he can give and more because she's all he has left. I thought it was just a really precious and special moment that again, he shared kind of with her. I mean, I think she was asleep at that point, but um, it was just a really powerful moment. It's really sweet. I like that a lot. I feel like it kind of retouches on how, like, that sibling relationship, that really special bond that kind of works in tandem for both our characters, right? Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Well, I feel like we really got through the heart of this episode. So I want to say thank you all for joining us today for our Hashira Half Hour. I hope you enjoyed the show. Do not forget to like, subscribe, comment if you will, or if you have questions follow. You can find us on TikTok at the uh, Ashira Half Hour. You can find us on Instagram or on Twitter. So put that bell icon up and you guys will hear more from us every week. We'll see you guys later. Umai! 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 <laughs> <laughs> Bye.